0: Hello and welcome to the Improve, Inspire, Impact podcast and episode five of the coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever you want to call it, lockdown experiences. As I've outlined before, the purpose of doing this little series is to record the thoughts and feelings people have about this unusual and very unexpected thing that is happening to us. 2020 is going to be a historic year, as technically every year is. Um, Perhaps remarkable is a more apt description and I want to capture us, society, thoughts and feelings as we are rather than as we will be told it was when the memories fade. Strange things like the conspiracy theories about the spread of the virus by 5G. If you're streaming this on 5G you won't be contracting coronavirus from the electromagnetic waves. However, If you're not social distancing and at the same time listening to this on 5G, then the outcome could be different. But it won't be due to the 5G, in my informed opinion. But I do stand to be corrected. Quite often I'm wrong. I digress. A couple of episodes back, we heard from those who work in the fitness industry who've had to adapt their business due to the closure of gyms. Later in this episode, we hear the other side of the coin – those who are finding creative and positive ways to adapt their training but first off we hear from those on the front line in the nhs
1: hello i'm emma i'm a senior clinical research nurse at the royal devon exeter hospital Uh, we're well into the covid19 pandemic now Um, my work life is very busy We're currently working on several COVID-19 studies. Uh, They range from treatments to collated numbers of people that come into hospital, those who leave, those who unfortunately die. Um, So it's very stressful, but it does bring with that a great sense of pride. I'm very proud of the work that we're doing. I'm very proud to be an NHS nurse, more importantly. but as well as that I'm a single mum to a four year old boy who was in the first year of school so he's had to leave his little friends and everything that he knows to be normal at school and that's very tough. Um, and obviously now I have to go back to work and leave him uh, at school. I worry that I'll bring something home to him. PPE is quite stringent at the hospital. Uh, we It's gold dust we have to be very careful not to use too much so it's it's a worry to have to go into work protect myself there and then also come home and make sure that everything's as clean as possible and have to be careful not to try and give anything to my son who's completely innocent in all of this um, as are all the little children out there and hopefully in years to come they can look at this and we've learned from it and they can say, yeah, I lived through that. This is what we had to do. We're all very proud that we worked together and uh, these were the great outcomes that we managed to achieve.
2: As an NHS worker, um, I feel a massive amount of pride in, in seeing the amazing key workers uh, going out there and, and, and putting their, their own health and safety at, at risk just to help. Unfortunately, I'm in an at-risk category myself, so I've had to self-isolate. This is very frustrating because I uh, you know, I, I worked hard and, and studied and trained to get into a position where I could help people, and I, I can't. Uh, I can't even volunteer to help people. So I have to accept that um, I have to stay at home and I, I have to look after myself because... In that way, if, if I, I can avoid catching the virus, I can avoid spreading it. And I understand that, but it's very frustrating. It's an amazing time. Uh, it's unprecedented. And I really, really hope that we, we take things from this period in time and things that we've learned about keeping ourselves distanced when we're ill and, and cleaning our hands. Just Just that welfare, hygiene, simple things, but it makes a massive, massive difference. And I've got nothing but respect. I, I, it's the, the people I work with that, um, that are still working, we're using a skeleton crew, are amazing. However, our patients are usually in the elder, elderly and, and frail uh, category. So a lot of those will be self-isolating as well at the moment, and it's a shame because we can't really do much, but it's a sense of frustration that we can't provide the care. I'm still in touch with my work colleagues and still doing a lot of online training, but it's not the same. I... You know, I, I train to, to, to get there and help people, and it's a very frustrating thing. Uh, it's very difficult in a mental health uh, situation as well, or sense, because if you're stuck indoors all day and used to being out there and working with people, it's difficult. But uh, modern technology is amazing, and certainly the ways that we're using it to keep in touch uh, with video conferencing and just Facebook, social media, It's absolutely incredible and and I think we're quite amazing for it and hopefully hopefully we'll go on to greater strengths after this and it'll end soon.
3: Hi, so I'm Helen. I'm a physiotherapist and I work at a large um, district hospital. I work in a um, chronic pain management service. I've worked for the NHS for about 23 years, and I am also a very keen runner. I run ultra marathons. I ran four or five last year, and I had um, a whole host of ultra marathons planned for this year, almost one a month. And normally I would be training really hard at the moment. I would be building up to run a 100 mile race in September, and I had a whole schedule of um, events kind of planned and training planned to get to that point. It would have been my first 100 mile race this year. I'd normally work part time in pain clinic and um, I work as a advanced clinical practitioner. So I carry my own caseload usually uh, and prescribe and treat patients in groups and individually. And since um, we've had the uh, COVID-19 Um, pandemic things have changed hugely Um, work has become really quite uncertain Uh, the you know I work with within a team within the pain clinic with anaesthetists and psychologists and nurses and a lot of the team have been seconded elsewhere obviously our anaesthetists are needed to go and treat patients Um, almost every day at work there's a debate about whether I could be doing something somewhere else. At the moment, I'm working, kind of holding the fort. Uh, there's two of us left, treating the uh, really kind of vulnerable people who need medication prescriptions, um, or just who need advice and, and support over the phone. We also deal with patients who have um, kind of intrathecal pumps and spinal cord stimulators and things like that, and obviously that needs to carry on. So at the moment, I am still working in the hospital, not directly involved in the pandemic, but um, working kind of well outside of my usual comfort zone and covering uh, kind of five consultants cases as well. Um, and it's really, really strange at work. Um, we are uh, you know we have a a clinic that's kind of virtually empty we're not doing any face-to-face contacts we're speaking to everyone by phone Um, and there's a huge deal of uncertainty around and um, and obviously some of my very close colleagues are off working have been seconded off to intensive care some of them are working from home because they're shielding So in many ways, I kind of feel lucky that I've got something to focus on and that I still get to go into work, but obviously with social distancing, um, it's very strange. It's not how it usually is. And it's had a huge impact on on my training. Um, You know, Obviously a lot of events have canceled. I've decided that this is not gonna be the year that I build up to 100 miles. And that's really changed my focus with running. It's um, made me realize how much I actually enjoy running. but rather than my training being about covering distance and and building up stamina and uh, progressing things constantly, it's made me take a real step back. And I have found that I'm actually going for a run and, and really enjoying that as a way of de-stressing, a way of calming down my mind. Um, I'm often going for a run really early in the morning. Um, when I do, kind of fitting that around work, I'm definitely running less and not as far. Uh, I'm finding that I am often heading out in the dark and trying to get somewhere where I can watch the sunrise, which is lovely. And then sometimes just walking back from there. So awesome. it's it's really changed my focus a lot. Um, I think it's also been uh, kind of good for me to have a rest a little bit. There's it's something I really struggle with. I don't think running is very addictive. And um, the person who, uh, who writes my training plans and kind of acts as my coach is constantly talking about cycling things. Uh, training wise and you know building up for 3 months kind of hitting a peak for 3 months and then having a little bit of a rest for 3 months which I'm very bad at and often find that I run through that rest period so even though there's a big part of me that is kind of worrying that I'm losing conditioning and that I should be building up and actually I'm losing some really hard-won gains I think you know that's the kind of voice of reason I try and keep in my head at the moment that I'll pick that back up and and this is good to have a little bit of a step back from um, over-training, really. Um, you know, what I hope is that, um, you know, things will calm down and I can get back on track with, with my training, but it's made me realise that that's not actually the priority. I've also got two teenagers and two relatively large dogs, so sometimes my, you know, my exercise quota is used up in um, getting them out or getting the dogs out, and we kind of share that around in the family so um you know that's kind of where i am really i think um it's quite hard seeing the rest of the world getting fitter and talking about their fitness gains and um you know when i head into work seeing all these people out running and walking and thinking that should be me and i should be getting you know i should be using this time constructively but i think it's needs must um I'm really proud to work in the team that I work in and you know I've always been proud to work in the National Health Service and more so than ever at the moment. Every day I see people doing things that are well outside what they'd usually be doing and stepping up to it without moaning. It's a lovely supportive atmosphere at the minute and it's you know the support from the general public as well makes a huge difference. So. If my training suffers a little bit from that, that's not a problem and I'm sure it will all get back on track.
0: Helen's contribution segues nicely into the experiences and adaptions that people are having to make to their exercise and training regimes. Gyms are closed, but there is plenty of online content becoming available. Outdoors, what was a group activity, may have been scuppered by the social distancing, but there are alternatives. Firstly, though, here's the experience of a self-employed therapist.
4: My name's Hilary, and I'm an osteopath. I've been an osteopath for 20 years. That's like a manual therapist. And like all physios and sports massage therapists and chiropractors, we're closed at the moment. We don't know when we'll be able to get back to work. And manual therapies are going to be changed, well, for a long time, really. We're badly affected until a vaccine testing come along. So it's pretty stressful as I'm self-employed. My income's just disappeared. I haven't worked since the 21st of March. The last normal day I had was on the 16th of March. That's when we started to tell all our vulnerable patients not to come in and then everyone started to cancel. The yoga studio I work at, they closed on Friday the 20th and the other two clinics I work at, they closed on lockdown on the 24th. So I haven't worked since the 21st of March. My main fitness hobby is swimming. I swim three times a week in a pool in the winter, but I live for the summer and swimming outdoors, and I go on swimming holidays for vacations. The pool training is really so I can enjoy the open water swimming. I swim for physical fitness, but really the, the main benefit I get is mental. When you do any repetitive physical activity, it changes your brain waves, so you get more alpha and theta waves, which is where you do your lateral thinking and your problem solving, and it helps you sleep. So often when I've had a really difficult day or something's really worn me up, I'll go for a swim, and when I get out, I've solved the issue in my head. I guess I talk to people in pain all day and I'm helping them so i found a hobby I can do where I do it on my own and um, you don't speak and no one can talk to you or interrupt you and you get into a rhythm and sometimes you just forget where you are, it's almost like hypnosis. I haven't been able to swim since the 19th of March, that's five weeks, that's the longest I've gone in 32 years without swimming and it's ironic because I've been rehabbing a rotator cuff tear for 18 months and i just built my distance up to about 25 k. and that was the day before when all the gyms closed. So my hard-fought rehab has stalled and I'm not able to do the main thing that I usually do for my mental health and my physical fitness just when I really need it the most. I've been doing a routine every morning that's writing a to-do list, being grateful for whatever I can think of and I've been doing the Headspace app. And um, I've been repeating the Prime Evolution Bodyweight programme and um, most evenings I'll do a Zoom yoga or Pilates class. Uh, I'll be getting out, out for a walk in the sunshine every day and I've even done a couple of runs just to try and get that exercise kick, but me and running don't get on. I think I've had every running uh, injury that you can possibly have and I've got a knee cartilage that's torn, so I'm having to hold back a lot. When I do headspace, I visualise myself. I'm standing on a boat, I'm all wet because I've just got, got out the sea. I've swum there, I've just got out and I can taste the salt and the sun is really warm even though I'm shivering and I feel strong and my shoulder doesn't hurt anymore and most important, I'm swimming and I'm with friends and that's what's getting me through. There's a saying that you don't rise to the occasion, you fall back on your lowest level of conditioning. So that's motivating me to do as much as I can and to stay strong, keep my shoulder rehabbed and make the best of it and um, that's what will keep me, keep me going. And um, I can't wait to get back in the water.
5: Um, so I thought I'd just drop you this, which is a kind of a response to your question and around how it feels not to be able to access the gym as I was before. Um, what I'd probably say is at first I was quite apprehensive. I was very worried about... I'm keeping consistent, um, where I had been before, and I was worried about how the impact that might impact um, where I'd got to with my training, but then also my my consistency with training. Um, what's been really good is that the gym I'm involved with has responded really well and really quickly um, to the change in the situation, so they quite quickly um, pulled together some regular online classes with quite a lot of variety. um um, and then delivered it in such a way that it's quite accessible in terms of there's quite a bit of flexibility in terms of the duration of the sessions and sort of the equipment needed or none as 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 the case might be and what that's meant is ironically uh, i'm probably training more regularly um than i actually were was before the gym was closed um and I suppose primarily the reason for that is to sort of break up the, um, the, the, the potential monotony of being at home quite a lot during lockdown. Um, and I think um, it's been a nice sort of way to sort of structure the day. Um, and I think that's what's made it probably more beneficial. Um, not quite sure how that will work um, when we return to normal. Um, I think what's also been really good is that there's been quite a lot of variety to access just beyond what my gym provides so i think that's been quite good um, and i think also engaging in communities um like um like the one that we're both involved in has also helped as well in terms of advice and guidance at a time where you would normally be able to get sort of face time with um staff at the gym
6: My name is Tabitha um, and I'm a runner Um, and last year I was looking at saying myself a challenge um, and I decided that over the course of 2020 I would run the whole of the Wales coast path which is 1400 kilometres and I wanted to do it to raise money for ME research as I was inspired in my running by a friend of mine Evie who has um, unfortunately in the last couple of years um, come down with ME and has gone from being one of the fittest strongest people I know um, to bedridden, which is which is really hard for her to deal with and obviously her family and friends as well. Um, so yeah, so that's how this challenge came about. Um, inspiration from Evie and a desire to kind of set myself um, a challenge to do that was running based. So in January or well, on January 1st, in fact, I set off on my first leg of the Wales Coast Path, which was North Wales coast, which was from Chester to Bangor, 126 kilometers. And I did it over three days. And, um, and that was really, really tough um, and actually at the end of it I ended up with tendonitis in my left foot um, which then meant I couldn't train very well for the next stage which was Anglesey um, I did start Anglesey on time in February um, but unfortunately on the second day I was hampered by my tendon and had to stop so the plan was to restart Anglesey on the 13th of April um, now, obviously, the the Rona has put paid to this, which means that I am going to be unable to complete the challenge within the year. Um, so, I've had to have a really hard think about this and how I'm going to I'm going to do this. I, I've got three choices, I guess. One is that I give up completely um, for this year and restart the whole thing again next year. Um, in which case, I'd probably start again from the beginning. The second choice is to pick up when I can and then just let it run for as long as it runs. Um, and then the third choice is to do something a little bit different, which as I think is the one I'm going to go with, which I'm going to think about how many miles I've got to do. So left on Anglesey or kilometres rather, cause I work in kilometres on Anglesey, I've got 161 kilometres left to complete Anglesey. So I'm thinking with my daily exercise allowance, I can run every day until I hit 161 kilometers. And then I can say that I've done Anglesey and I won't have run around the coastal path on Anglesey, but I will have still done the mileage. Um, and probably quite a lot of the height gain as well, as I live in a fairly hilly place. Um, and then see where we're at in terms of lockdown. And then it might be that I have to do the Clint Peninsula sort of virtually as well from my house. Um, and then hopefully that will keep me on track. And by the time, you know, we get to June, July, I can actually start to get back onto the coastal path and pick up um, pick up the actual coastal path, which is what I'd like to do. So I don't know, choices I need to make. Um, I think I'm, I'm gonna try and do it virtually and run from the house um, for my own mental health as, as well as anything else, um, and to keep the challenge going. I don't want people to forget about it. You know, um, ME research, a really good cause. Um, little charities like that are really struggling at the moment um, with the whole coronavirus because funds are being diverted elsewhere and research is being diverted elsewhere. So I think it's really important to kind of keep it in, um, keep it, keep momentum up for it and, and try and keep fundraising. So I think that's what my plan is going to be. But it's um, it's been a really difficult decision to make, that's for sure.
7: I do think I'm pretty lucky, uh, have an okay sized garden so I can get outside uh, and spend most of the day out there if I really want to. Um, I'm also lucky um, that the house that we have, um, we can actually have our own space as well which is quite nice so we can have alone time. Exercising, well I tend to use running, cycling and especially surfing as a bit of me time. Quite comfortable with me, um, I can push me if I want to, I can go easy on me. Um, I don't even have to really be thinking about anything other than the here and now. I don't even have to be thinking um, about anything at all. I think it's um, what they call uh, zen, I think. Um, However, I really do miss social running. Um, And when I do go um, running or cycling, um, it's obviously quite nice. I'm really, really struggling about not going um, surfing because I can't really get to the beach without a car. Um, And especially seeing uh, cameras with waves and stuff like that on, it's... Uh, absolutely guiling but anyway um but yeah I'm I'm missing uh, being around other people obviously I love my family but obviously I love my friends as well um and you know I, I really miss being uh, around those um it doesn't even necessarily have to be anything about uh, talking to people because that's okay we don't have to always talk it's just sharing space with um friends people we know um, sometimes it's just a look from them. Um, it could be like, I'm really hating this, this is really hard or actually, um, really, really enjoying this. I guess that's the hardest part is, is not seeing other people. It's great doing things like, um, a video chat and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's not the same as actually being with people.
8: Hi there, so my name is Gillian Christie, otherwise known as Scott Fit Mummy, and I'm just coming on today to talk a little bit about my home workout and my fitness regime since lockdown. I'd say it's probably impacted me in a more positive light than negative. I've been doing home workouts now for about two years, so from that perspective, my fitness regime hasn't really changed. I haven't missed going to a commercial gym, for example. And I offer home workouts to people who've maybe you know had kids, can't get the time, can't get to a gym, and that has been booming. Um, what I would say is that I'm definitely impacted with less time, so I've got two young children at home, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and that makes it very challenging. I'm getting up at 5am to do my workouts, I do my workout then I log on to work and you know, work at home with two young children and it's just a crazy busy day so if I don't get up and get my workout done in the morning it doesn't happen and what I would say I am missing are those evenings where I used to just get home from work, get my gym gear on and maybe do a bit of extra lifting. I used to do deadlifts in the evening and I would practice handstands in the evening and I've been doing much less of that. So I'm getting my basic workout in, my basic 30 to 40 minutes, but I haven't been getting my extra lifting and my heavy lifting in the same way. But that's just the way it goes and I I am not getting down about it. I'm staying motivated. I've got a group of girls who are all doing home workouts with me, and that's really helping with the accountability online. We log our workouts online and we talk about what we've done, and that makes things a lot easier because we're all in it together, after all, and everybody has got a difficult situation. And I think if you put a positive spin on it, that's how we're going to get through this time. And hopefully, you know, we'll be back stronger in a few weeks or months once this is all over.
0: Thank you to all the contributors. I have really loved hearing the stories and also putting these episodes together. Today's the 3rd of May. Who knows what will happen, how much longer we'll be in lockdown, how much longer we'll see rainbows in people's windows, um, start emails with hope you are well. And stick a question mark at the end of it and actually mean it. Signing off emails with stay safe and also clapping for the frontline workers on Thursday evenings. All quite positive things and quite meaningful and sincere things. I think things are going to change. So that's it from me. Unless anyone else wishes to share anything, Triangle on Instagram and Triangle at gmail.com is where I'm at. Thanks for listening.